Craft Beer Radio, episode 423, on May 20th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Jeff. Yes, sir. I'm Greg. You're Jeff. I am Jeff. What do we have? Cornell, little sound garden on the intro there. What do we have for you, for us? Some beers. What's in front of us? Got beers. That's different. (laughs) Dave sent us this beer. It's another beer from Martin City Brewing Company. Okay. And, you know, I think we got to do it first because its name is Everyday American Ale. Everyday. Makes me worried about things like uh, the um, side, not side. I think you sideways again, but day tripper, day fr- tripper from uh, New Belgium. Oh, the New Belgium one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just so you wouldn't expect this to be a super full-bodied, super hop, super aggressive beer. Seems like a good place to start the show. Four point eight percent from Martin City in Missouri. Oh, wait, no, the beer is not called Everyday American. Yeah, no, it's, it's called, called Sideway. Sideway. Yeah. But, but they say Everyday American. It is an American every, every, yeah, Everyday American Ale. Is it like Budweiser American Ale? <laughs> so the color is a uh, golden, the strawish golden. It's got, I can't tell if that's condensation or if, it, if that's haze. No, it's haze. It's a little hazy. Yeah, it's a little bit of haze. And. About a half a finger's worth of, of a mild head. The aroma has a pale ale aroma to it. You have kind of um, the malt are the, the first the really thing that I'm getting mostly. Yeah, first well the first sniff I got all the malt. Second sniff I got kind of an orangey hop oh, yeah. coming off of yep. it. Yes. But that first sniff has a really nice malt backbone. You get a big chunk of breadiness, but there's a little bit of caramel in there. It's a little bit on the sweet side. And then yeah, as you just take your second sniff, you get kind of an orangey. It, it kind of Smells like a classic uh, American pale ale, American pale ale. Not so much. I guess it's kind of an APA too. You know, a little more. When I think of an APA, I think of something with a little more um, solid malt, you know, like breadiness to it. A lot of malt up front on this one. Yeah, bready, crusty bread, like a crusty Italian. A little bit nutty, too. Like a little... Mm-hmm. Um, like almost of, like a marisotta or something would give you. Yeah. And bitterness at the end, not really noting, noticing much in the way of like a fruity hop notes, but just a little bit of bitterness to counter... <coughs> again, me, counter... Again, first sip was all malt. Second sip, I'm starting to taste the hops. And they're a little bit like a, like a sweet orange or something, like a mandarin orange or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. This is fine. I mean, I was worried because of the that daybreak or day tripper or whatever it was called, but because that was really just empty. This right. has flavors going on. You can see why you know it would be. It's not like trying to beat you over the head with anything, but it's a it's mm-hmm. a good drinker, and there's decent enough flavors you can get into it. Yeah, I think that as opposed to being the ultra sessionable low impacting beer the name they just picked it, you know everyday american ale it's just it's an american ale mm-hmm. you know there's nothing too particular about it i think is maybe what they were going for in the name or the the subtitle i mean it 
the, the maltiness is kind of reminding me of an ESB in some ways. So it might have some Maris Otter in there. It doesn't have... It, it really does kind of come across that way. So it, it's it's got enough bitterness so that it's not, you know, it, it's not totally sweet and it doesn't feel empty. So it, it probably does belong in sort of a pale ale category. Mm-hmm. But it's not particularly hoppy. It's much more malt forward. Mm-hmm. You know, they call you know they go out of the way saying American ale, so you know Maris Otter isn't so much typical mm-hmm. in an American's like, flavor profile. I like this though; it's drinkable. It has a good balance to mm-hmm. it. At four point eight, it's not going to the the malt's really engaging. Like it's you know this is a hoppy beer by. Not by American craft beer standards, yes. but by classic, you know, like a classic English pale ale. This yes. is hoppy compared yes. to that. But, you know, on our modern palate, you know, this has a really interesting malt profile. Mm-hmm. And while it's it's a very hoppy beer for that traditional palate, it doesn't seem very hoppy. Yes. Yeah. An American pale ale in which you can taste the malt, right? That's mm-hmm. not... You don't have to look for it. it it's, it's kind of the star of the show. So that's not typical... Of today's American, you know, today's American pale ales, mm-hmm. but it's very drinkable. Yeah, goes out, goes down real easy. That was Martin City's sideways. We're already done. I like that. Okay, so we have IPA or double IPA, double IPA, IPA. <laughs> Pepper beer. Pepper beer goes up. So the, the heat scale on this pepper beer is only halfway, so it's probably not very spicy. Mm-hmm. And it is a rice ale, so I think we should go with that next. Okay. This is uh, the heat series from Flying Dog. We ta- we did that experimental one a couple weeks ago on yes. the show. Um, there is a 12-pack that I picked up, which has four different beers. So this is the second one. If you can do the math, you can expect two more pepper beers from Flying Dog on the show sometime in the relatively soon some, near future. Some hard math, man. I don't know if I can do that. This is the Shishito Rice Ale. So that means they get shit right there on the label. <laughs> That's... Oh, yeah. Oh, she, Shishito. Okay. <laughs> Shishito. I think it's Shishito. I know, but Shishito. Shishito. 5.3% alcohol by volume. Hops that are used are just plain old Zotz hops. Uh, malts, brown rice, or, yeah, brown rice, carapils, biscuit, and acidulated malt. And they use shishito hot, uh, hot peppers. It says here on the label, I don't think you mentioned this, but an ale yeast for sake. So they're using kind of a, a sake ferment. Mm-hmm. Which is still a cerevisae. It's still a um, cerevisae right. yeast, but right. uh, when... So when they make sake, you can go back to our sake show and <laughs> hear all about it. It was still when we were like only five years or so into the show. We were not as good broadcasters as I think we have hopefully become just through osmosis more than anything else. The the way they get the uh, sake to ferment is essentially they use a fungus to, ta- to, to create the stuff that the yeast will then turn into the... the the yeast would then right, be to make sugars that are yeah. uh, digestible by the yeast, right? And then they put a Saccharomyces facie in it. But mm-hmm. yeah, so this this yeast that they put in this beer is the ones that the sake makers use. 
So from the aroma, pepper is the main thing. Yeah, yeah. The color is a uh, very clear straw-like, little, just a little bit of sort of a bronze hint to it. No real head there. The um, it it's kind of hot up front, but it, for me, it's not lingering. It kind of goes away pretty quickly. The I'm going to take another couple more sips to actually dial in on the flavor. But you kind of get this green hot pepper, like a serrano or something. You kind of get a fleshy flavor from that. So you're getting that. You know, it's like bell pepper, but it's a little yeah. uh, more. It's a little more acidic than sour. It's a little. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like acronyms for you know or adjectives. <laughs> acronyms. The, adjectives for it. Uh, the rice is making it very um, sort of crisp, but also a little thin in in its body. Uh, that's kind of mm-hmm. what you would expect. Yeah. Uh, the the yeast and the rice are fermenting to give it a slight kind of fruity sort of rose like. Yeah, I mean, so I was just, uh, Rose is a good call. I was trying to figure out how to say it because I was going to say that like in a sake, the the finish part, Mm -hmm. there's kind of this sweet upturn at the end. And you're getting the same kind of sweet upturn at the end of this beer. And floral, like flowery, something like that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I I do think sake is really good if you get a good one. Um Mm bad ones you'll know because they heat them <laughs> right how's the, how's the pepper in this for you oh it's it's i mean it's barely there it, it, yeah. you notice it at first does a little bit of tingling and then it goes yeah away. no i, I kind of like how it hits you right because it's mm-hmm. very peppery right at the beginning but then it doesn't stay on the palate granted i'm pretty uh, you know, acclimated to hot things mm-hmm. so uh, your may your mileage may vary on whether how hot you think it lingers or not I'm not a big fan of hop things. I mean, I like them to a point, but I don't like, I especially don't like stuff that lingers. I don't like super hot sauces. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't go for the stuff that's just pain inducing pain. Yeah. Without flavor. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to try to dig in, but you know, the, I don't think the beer is really going to provide too much. I mean, it's, it's a rice ale. Yeah. There's, Probably pale malt in there as well, just to be able to make it, you know, keep the TTB happy. Well, I told. Well, do you want to? So I, I mentioned them. So let's you see if if, if you can remember what was in there. <laughs> I, I will say if you're right or not. That's, it's hard, right? Because I probably did hear it, and my subconscious is screaming at me like, "It's this dumbass." <laughs> um, well, so this is more of a psychology test. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Can I recall from the uh, short-term memory? The rice is brown rice. Yeah. That, and that is the first ingredient. It's probably the main ingredient. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I would say that there's... I would just go with Pale Turo. No, oh. Pale Turo is not on the list. No. I'm not going to play guess that game. Okay. I, would, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't would know. just have to be lucky. I don't have any... I mean... Like you said, you know, Maris Hotter is pretty, you know, distinctive and easy to pick out. Vienna also, you can mm-hmm. kind of pick that out. Yeah. But we're we're better at picking out hops than we are malts at this mm-hmm. point. Um, Carapils. 
Okay. That'd be a hard one to pick out, I think, anytime because yeah. it's just, it, it's kind of just there. Uh, biscuit. And you mentioned something earlier that points to this. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if you would have picked up on it. Acidulated. Oh, that sourness? Could be. I was. It could be the way it was blending in there. And yeah, I guess there is kind of a tartness to the beer itself. I was talking about the the pepper flush of a Serrano mm. or this pepper, you know, compared to um, a green pepper. Because the flesh is the same texture, mm-hmm. but the flavor is not. I mean, a green pepper has very I, light I believe flavors. this is a green pepper. Like, I think if you go to, like, a really good sushi restaurant and they give you something that has, like, mm-hmm. little, little green slices. It's mm-hmm. not Serrano. It's Shishito. Shishito. Okay. So, well, sure. I mean, but it definitely tastes like a, a green pepper. I was trying to say, start at your bell pepper flesh and go yes. this way. Yeah. And, you know, it was giving me more of this, like I said, acidic, you know, kind of soury. But, you know, peppers aren't really sour so it wasn't it was kind of this rough gut call type thing right mm-hmm. it wasn't being it wasn't i wasn't satisfied but that was the best <laughs> i had all right that was the uh, flying dog shishito rice ale not a good drinker Mazda was the first one but that that little sake uh, flowery note at the end was pretty cool so let's jump to one of the double IPAs. All righty. Let's do New Holland. Okay. I'm really interested because everything New Holland has ever done that's been an IPA, as far as I know, has had the Hatter moniker on it. And uh, they've gone to some new direction here. This is called Hoptronics. <laughs> <laughs> they have a bunch of eight bits. Actually, they have a... A um, space invaders, space invaders thing, on. but there's the the aliens are hop cones, and you are a beer bottle shooting up. <laughs> uh, this I bought with uh, the other beer we're having because I I was looking for some uh, you know just new beers to try, and these two beers had mosaic on them, and I said okay. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Nine percent alcohol by volume on this one. The grains that are used, the malts are two row crystal one twenty and wheat. Uh, the yeast is one oh five six if you're keeping track of that, and the hops mosaic seventy IBU. Mosaic hops give this IPA a dank aroma, yet finishes smooth and crisp. It is pretty dank actually when you take a, a whiff of that. So it's got a Bronze. Yep. Slightly cloudy bronze. It's got this really dank orange aroma to it. Yeah, it's not quite as... That's super sulfury. It's not quite as weedy as I typically would go before I start calling it that. I mean, it is a little more... I'm probably called rustic. But, I mean, you know, the orange is well... I mean, rustic, I probably... Maybe not. Yeah. No, dank in the sense that it's kind of like dripping with a resin almost. It it, it feels very it, it feels very concentrated. Okay. I moved on to the flavor. Super juicy. Just one of those 
squeezed hop tasting beers. The the malt is full. It has some residual sweetness in there. The way it plays with the hops, it has that candied type flavor to it. It's uh yeah, it's just one of those juicy beers, juicy hop beers. I, I would caution against juicy just because now that we have these New England IPAs and stuff, yeah, those really give off a big juiciness. Whereas I, I don't know whether juicy is really the right term here. I think it's more, it's more kind of. Huh, I don't have a term. I don't have a good term for it. If, if you're not going to let me use juicy, then I'm going to stick with candied. I think candied is a better term because there's a sweetness associated mm-hmm. with it. There's that flavor that's there, but it kind of is entwined with the sweetness. Mm-hmm. And it's not super. I mean, as much as the the aroma was dank, the the amount of hop and, and sort of that the amount of the flavor isn't super overwhelming. It isn't really. Uh, push forward so much. So in the back label, right, they're saying, they call it, you know, with its eye-popping bitterness, mm-hmm. but it's mosaic. It's one of those hops that are less apparently bitter. Right. And and that's how I'm tasting this. You know, that candied flavor is coming out front. It's a big hop flavor, but it's very, uh, it's really appealing. And I'm not, I mean, it's bitter, but it's not, not eye popping. To me, and I hate to say this, it's it feels a little lazy because mosaic has so much interesting character to it, and they're really kind of going for this just bunch of alcohol, kind of candyish thing, and then the 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 flavor, all the cool flavor you get from mosaic is just sort of in the background there, and it's not really forward. And really what is forward is kind of this very flat, saltine-like malt. Maybe lazy isn't the right word. but just <laughs> it, uh, So lazy is, is probably the, 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 a poor word, and I apologize to those who brew the beer because I don't want right. to say that they're lazy. But it, it feels less developed than right. other mosaic beers. It's, it's not... The the mosaic hop is underachieving. It's yes. not doing what we've seen it do mm-hmm. in other beers. I'm not sure. I mean, I definitely wouldn't go the lazy route, but you didn't go the lazy route in the end either. I like the candied flavor. I think it's working for me. I This is a new... You don't... So I, I was thinking you don't see mosaic used this way very often. So I'm happy to be experiencing mosaic used this way. But as I think about what I was saying just there, the other ways mosaic is typically used is more engaging. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is fine, but fine isn't good enough these days. I want more. I want better. <laughs> I want I want something that, you know, that kicks out. Now, this is better to me than... You know, if they were to use Nugget or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I still think that, yeah, they're, they're not taking advantage of what Mosaic can do for you. Like, you know, they're talking about how amazingly, shockingly bitter it is. And as you said, 
it doesn't matter with mosaic because mosaic doesn't hit you in that bitter way. So right. you're not going to get that. What you're getting is just the interesting fruitiness, which is kind of lost here. It's still enjoyable, but you feel you feel like you're missing that other dimension mm-hmm. that mosaic does bring. Right. You want to try another beer with mosaic in it? I do. So the other beer you picked up is Rheingeist uh, Mosaic Pale Ale. Rheingeist is relatively new in the Pittsburgh market. They're out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And so this is a limited release. It's a single hot pale ale. 5.6% alcohol volume. 45 IBU. The malts that are used are Pale Rail and Golden Promise. The hops are just mosaic. So this pours kind of the same color, a little bit lighter, but essentially sort of still bronzish. Uh, about a finger of head, but finger two of head, fluffy. The aroma is much brighter, mm-hmm. mango flesh, mm-hmm. kind of a. It's kind of a blend. It's kind of like you have a little bit of really ripe, mushy mango, but then there's just a touch of like underripe, kind of grainy mango too. And this doesn't, I mean, this, this smells, the aromas are, are sort of captivating here. You can really get a lot of. This one is a little more sulfury. You know, I am getting kind of a, a little bit of green onion or something like that in there. I'd say, I agree that it's a little more sulfury. I don't know if I would go into the onion area directly, but it does a little more sulfury. Yeah. Maybe chives, you know, something, something <laughs> yeah, green. Right. And this is what I'm talking about in terms of juiciness. Now, I, I had these before, so I know I knew what to expect okay. from these. So I knew that this was much more appealing to me in terms of the use of a mosaic than that one was. See, I would call the last one juicier than this. So this one finishes kind of dry. There's a little bit of tartness, or it's still know. not juicy. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm thinking, like like you know, I want like a New England IPA, but in terms of the use of mosaic, I think it's a much better use because you're really getting the flavors of mosaic coming out here. You're getting those mangoes. You're getting some orange. You're mm-hmm. getting the hop to really play a big role as opposed to. Just there as a bittering, and hey, the flavor that you get out of it is what you get out of it. I'm a little torn. If I was picking favorites, if we were just doing a little head to head, who did mosaic better? This one is, you see this kind of treatment a lot more often. Mm-hmm. So I liked that candied note that the double IPA from New Holland had. Well, that's why it's not just my show. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just I'm just going back and forth, and uh, you know, I'm, I like them both. Uh, I'm not sure how I'd pick a favorite, but I really enjoyed that candy note. Where okay, I'm, so I mean, to me, I enjoy this one more. Uh, it's interesting to come here and have you. Enjoy I, I think I think in the end, I might like. I mean, this one is just so round, and you get um, it does have a little bit of a. Kind of more straw-like uh, malt body to it, you know. It almost almost like a session IPA it has a little bit of that graininess to it, uh, where the other one was that 
candy, juicy, malty. There was, you know, kind of a caramel type note to it. They're different beers. <laughs> they're definitely in the, they're taking the same hop and going really 180 degrees. On yeah, the yeah. Now, keep in mind, though, this is 5.6. There was 9. Mm-hmm. So your sobriety is being used more on the Hoptronics considerably yeah. than it is on, on <laughs> the Rheingeist. There's, I think there's a lot to like about both beers, and uh, the thing that's a lot to like about it most, for the most part, is mosaic hops. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is just the case that I really, you know, I so much enjoy mosaic hops these days that we should do a spinoff podcast. Greg, <laughs> Greg drinks every mosaic beer he can find. <laughs> Why can't we do that? That's what I want now. I'm sure that. You know, uh, knock on wood, we're still doing this this show 10 years from now, and uh, I'll be sick of mosaic beers, right? <laughs> like, all, all these beers are mosaic. What, what's going on? But 10 years from now, we'll be wearing our, like, silver aluminum clad shirts and our visor and sunglasses. Oh, oh that's what you think is going to happen. <laughs> I'm just looking at Back to the Future too. Have you been paying it ten t- years out? <laughs> we, we passed 2015 a while ago. Uh, well, let's make it 2025. Oh. You know what that sound means? The, the baby elephants dancing. Yes. Walking. It means you're going to the circus. It means you need to shop, and you don't need your stuff for two days. So you need something. <laughs> But you need it in two days. Where do you go online to get something delivered for two days? In you know, two days. New egg. But it doesn't cost you anything else because you also paid the what? How much is Prime memberships these days? It's hundred and something. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your Prime membership because you forgot to cancel it, and uh, you want to order some fidget spinners because everyone needs a fidget spinner or ten. I. Hey, they helped me. The, I was into them before they were fads. By a couple weeks. By a couple weeks. But still, <laughs> yep. I was into them before they were fads. Because for me, they're just... They're... So anyway. Yeah. You you need your fidget spinners. You want them in two days, and you don't want to pay any money for shipping. And you got that Prime membership. Well, what you do is you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. No, wait, I go to Amazon.com. No. No? No, no, you don't. It'll take like three and a half days. Oh. Well, I don't no. want to do that. No, if you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Oh, it speeds up the shipping. Well, according to the referral link, does not change your shipping speed. Uh, <laughs> the lawyers made us say that. Um, but if you go there... Yeah, the lawyers that cleared this music for us. <laughs> They're very bad lawyers. We have Trump's lawyers. They, they don't understand fair use very well. Um, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It redirects you with our referral link. It helps you support the show. It doesn't cost you a penny more. And it's a, it's a great way because you're going to shop there anyway. So if we condition you to use that every time you go to Amazon, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It's it's money in our pockets, and you you're and, and buy, not any less money out of your pockets. Not any less money out of your pockets. Isn't that a great song? Oh yeah, absolutely.
I liked them both. Both of the mosaic beers. I liked them for different reasons. Like, Shocker. It's like your cho- Shocker. You like both the mosaic beers. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you liked them too. But yes. You you were yes. much more critical about the I, Hoptronics. Well, because it's a mosaic beer, mm-hmm. right? And, I, and I'm like, man, this could be so much better if they if they leaned on the mosaic a little bit more. It's like children. You know, you can't pick a favorite. I can because it's not <laughs> it's not my any. family. <laughs> Exactly. So, like, my favorite of your kids is... I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> oh, I have a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we uh, Distill has sent us a, a couple beers. Mm-hmm. This is the last one. We got a Blueberry Goza. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's a good, like, cut in terms of what we've been doing, right? We went from Pepper... Double IPA, regular IPA with mosaic. All right, let's go with a blueberry goza. Uh, and and is this going to change be purple? our palate? Is this going to be purple? What do you think? I think it might be like it might have essence of purple without being totally purple. Oh, it's oh, pink. It's... it's pink. Okay. So it came in a can. Then we didn't know what five point two percent alcohol by volume. Eleven IBU. And let's see. They use blueberries, as you might expect. French sea salt. Big fizzy head. So, oh, the French. Well, the but, French Sea. <laughs> the North Sea or the Mediterranean Sea? They don't say. Oh. But so it's, uh, was it, um, Sal de Mer? Salt of the mom? The sea. Or the sea? The, okay. the mare is the, the sea. All those words sound <laughs> so same. Like, you know, like, you know, when you're in high school, like, you want to figure out, like, how to swear in all the different languages, right? So. Well, you did. You were above that? No, it just wasn't my shit. It wasn't my <laughs> shit. I didn't care that much about swearing. And what, was I above that? No, not at all. But <laughs> it just wasn't my thing. So I remember, like, when we, like, introductory French in ninth grade. I think it was ninth grade. You know, like, there was one point where we could ask the teacher, like, how do you say whatever you want? So, like, was, how do you say, like, eat shit? <laughs> Manger merde. <laughs> Unless you told us something that wasn't shit. I don't know. Yeah, no, Mare is, uh, melt is, is shit, I believe, melt. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mare is M-E-R, is C. Okay. Isn't Mother very similar to that, too, though? I don't remember. I, I, I don't know French. I, I, I did take it in high school like you did. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I know it. I know my teacher complimented me on, on my pronunciation. But that doesn't mean I remember either how, I, how to do it or how to... Freaking going to pronounce right. any uh, French. All right. The aroma on this one. The yeasty. Yeasty. Yeah. And it, like the yeast that you get on fruit. Okay. Yeah. So like it doesn't come across as straight up blueberries, but it does come across as some kind of must. Yeah. Like I'm smelling, I know it's blueberries. So I'm leaning that way, but I'm also smelling like a strawberry thing. Yep. I'm smelling maybe a blackberry thing. 
You know, so you definitely are getting this fruity thing coming across. I only say this because... Getting a wheat, you know, like you really can't really smell salt. You know, it's hard to smell sour. But because of styles, you smell this, you're like, oh, okay, I can smell that this is a goza, right? You can kind of, like... I can't smell, you can't smell salt, but I smell this, I'm like, okay, I can smell, like, the saltiness, maybe almost a little bit, well, like, sea-like or well, something like that. Well, you're, you're, you're smelling something that you're associating with saltiness, right. and therefore, right. you're smelling the saltiness. Yeah, right. You don't literally smell salt, but you smell something that's entwined in that mm-hmm. process. So, I smell it, but what is that I am smelling? And... I only say this because I know this, and I think it's cool. Not because, like, ooh, I'm going to award this over mm-hmm. people. I just okay. think it's cool. Uh, which is, you mentioned blueberries, blackberries, and strawberries. And the only true berry, botanically, is blueberry. Mm-hmm. What am I, a little... I love, the, I love the little botanical definition and stuff like that. Blueberries um, have the, the glands of, of a berry, and they're not aggregate. Right. Like, blackberries are... And strawberries are really just sort of an engorged stem, not really a berry. They all kind of taste the same. That's why they have similar flavors as to why they're called berries. Right. But botanically, no, you're not lording it over me. This isn't any news. Yeah, no, to but, me. but like people who are listening. So like um, another berry is pepper. The shishito pepper is a berry. A tomato is a berry. Cucumber is a berry. Eggplant is a berry. None of them is delicious as a blueberry. No. Eggplant, when you cook it, can be incredibly delicious. Uh, tomato, tomato is probably my favorite fruit, so it might be as delicious if you get like a good tomato. Um, I haven't had a tomato beer yet. Brewers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've had Clamato, so I guess that's kind yeah, of... Yeah, you have yeah, had it. Yeah. No, no, we want heirloom Clamato. Right. <laughs> I had cucumber beers. I've had some really good cucumber mm-hmm. beers. And Max wanted to give me some celery beer the other day. <laughs> we were playing a yes and type game with Max. And yeah, um, yeah it was fun. Yeah. I think celery, celery root in a beer I think could be something. It could be excellent. I love a celery root puree. You know, you mm-hmm. do that right. Beautiful. Yeah, I could definitely see celery root working well in a beer. Mm-hmm. So this, I've been I've been drinking this, and we've not been talking about it. It's it's really good. It has a nice tartness to it. The salt, I'm not. A t- I don't think I'm tasting it as much as I did. Like smell that salt essence, but uh, I like the tartness, the sourness on there. I think that the 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 blueberry acidity and the lactic acid are kind of really well intertwined. I can't find the delineation point between the two. Like a lot of ghosts, this one feels like it's it's to me faring more in the cheese direction than in kind of a um, salty concoction. See, so for, me, for me, it's more like blueberry lemon juice. I'm getting more like, interesting. I'm getting more citric acid than than like a cheesy type thing. No, this tastes like to me like an. an like a blueberry Asiago cheese. 
It's mm. got kind of a little bit of nuttiness in that cheese flavor. It's got some blueberries on it. Like if you put some blueberry preserves on some Asiago or something. Okay. I think that would that would compare. I probably would go well with this. I'm digging this. I like this. The blueberry is not like too not, much. No, no, and and it's not you know, uh, it doesn't taste medicinal or I mean medicinal is, is not an issue that's really been around for a lot of fruit beers in, in the last ten years. Yeah, e- either uh, they they learned how to use either they're using whole fruits or they learned how to use concentrates mm-hmm. or concentrates have got better. One mm-hmm. of those three things. You know, back in the day, we started the show, you know, so many fruit beers were from concentrate, mm-hmm. and all the concentrates taste like cough syrup. Yep. Which makes me wonder, have cough syrups evolved to be better? <laughs> because why shouldn't they, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I know that, like, my kids both still take kid medicine, which is mostly in cherry or grape syrup form. And... They seem to take it down without much fuss. But so. when you're a kid, remember, you don't have bitter receptors, really. But I remember as a kid that those were awful. Oh. <laughs> those those fruited medicines. Mm. I should I should taste kids' medicine. It's not going to kill you. It's not yeah. like, oh, I can't touch it because yeah. it's for kids. Yeah. That, that's the beauty of being an adult. You can have all the stuff that's for kids, fine. But when you're a kid, you can't do the stuff that's for adults. I was talking with Allie the other day. I'm not going to go deep in this rabbit hole. I'm talking like, you know, she's nine now. I'm like, man, you got you to learn to take pills because pills are great. You don't taste any of the yucky medicine mm-hmm. and it helps you. And so I was having that conversation with her the other day. <laughs> My niece was fascinated when she was younger with watching people take pills. She, she wasn't. She just wanted to see people take pills. How do you do that? How do you do that without <laughs> chewing it? All right. Oh, we got one more beer. Mm-hmm. Look at that. That was the still wild sour blueberry goza, and uh, I like that. I'm pretty happy right now. Mm-hmm. Last beer of the night. Heather picked up a eight pack of Evil Twin beers. Which had some imperial stouts and some coffee brown ales, and she said, "If I get this, will you drink the IPAs?" I'm like, "Yeah." And uh, this is one that we've never done on the show. This is the Molotov Light from Evil Twin, and I was kind of surprised to realize that this was an Imperial India Pale Ale. When I saw Molotov Light, I'm like, "Oh, it's a Miller Light thing." Now I didn't think that Evil Twin was making a light. Beer, but they, I mean, if they make a cap, you'd be interested, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. But I was never really that interested to try a beer because it's spelled L I T E, so that's why. Right, yeah, and it starts in the first word starts with an M, so that's why I was thinking Miller Lite. Maybe and, it's just it, it's not it's a non-explosive Molotov. But look at the color, right? Look at that. Yeah, it's Let me explain that color. So okay, so this is eight point five percent alcohol by volume, the an Imperial IPA. Evil Twin is, of course, a gypsy brewer, so this was brewed in Two Roads Brewing in Connecticut. I think they make most of their beers there. Yeah, so it's sort of gypsy that has a (laughs) A home base. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of floaty things in here. Oh, wow. 
lot it of almost food. looks like the yeah it's yeast but it almost looks like the beer is gelatin and there's mm-hmm. stuff just suspended in it so it's kind of an amberish i don't think it's hop stuff it could be hop stuff but it really looks like yeast stuff <clears throat> but from the aroma it makes me wonder if it's hop stuff <laughs> the description is really weird. I'm going to read it. Uh, Molotov Light. Back in the days, only uncomplicated and tasteless beers existed, and people started feeling bored before happy hour was up. Molotov Light is an understated tour de force <laughs> in rebellious hoppiness. It's a subtle spark for action, and yet by far one of the most anti-authoritative beers ever made by Evil Twin Brewing. <laughs> Just a mess of contradictions. So, so the label, the label doesn't say by Evil Twin Brewing. It says most anti-authoritative beers ever made. Period. On the can. <laughs> that makes a whole bunch of no sense. Yeah. It does. It, it, it's it's absurd, but I like it. I like it because it's absurd. I mean, if, if 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 all marketing speak was that absurd, I'd be totally game. Now you're playing favorites because lots of stone marketing speak is that absurd, and you have a problem with it. Because it the stone marketing speak is all about attitude, where this is sort of about absurdity. Oh, okay. No, I think some of the stones, like the anniversary beers, like I, I haven't, no, I haven't even paid attention to it lately. But remember, like sixth, seventh, eighth anniversary, whole panel. Of... Well, that's not a thing. This is short. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the stone things were just like, oh yeah. my god, what the kind of read all this absurd nonsense? Dense yeah. absurdity. Okay, you win. All right. So the aroma on this guy. What is the aroma on this guy? Sounds like a combination of like Simcoe and papaya. <laughs> There's that. I was maybe I'm on an onion kick tonight, but I'm getting something that's kind of definitely. Onion-y. Yeah, that's the Simcoe to me. I think there's okay. probably Simcoe in here, but I think there's also uh, Galaxy. So one of the other evil twins that came in this pack is like a double Simcoe slacker. And I didn't pull that tonight because I know you're you're a friend of me with Simcoe. Well, look, I mean, I like I said, I've had Simcoe Amarillo beers that I've loved, so mm-hmm. it's not like it's impossible. But I mean, yeah, the 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 deck is sort of stacked against that sort of beer with me, but that doesn't mean it's going to be awful. Mm. Bitter. And dry hot. Like, so the stuff that's floating in the beer must be hop stuff. Because it kind of has that fresh, or like, stick a hop cone in your beer glass yes, type yes. flavor. So it has a little bit of a, a spicy burniness to it. You know, where the hops are like just digging into your tongue. Now, I'm going to take another sip to actually get some like flavor adjectives for the hops. Hmm. Papaya, you mentioned earlier, that's in there. I'm getting a little bit of like prickly pear cactus. Mm-hmm. I'm getting uh, a touch of pineapple, a little bit of pine cone. Uh, a little bit of green onion is, is there. Yeah, so it's this 
kind of south of the border mixed with a pine forest type thing. Mm -hmm. You get the papaya, the cactus, you get these like cone, like pine cone type feel. I don't know if I'm right, but I'm I'm guessing Simcoe and Galaxy are, 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 I'm I'm sticking with those. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like tasting Mexico, Guatemala, and Oregon. (laughs) I, uh, I like it a lot. No surprise. I like an evil twin beer. Um, we've generally been very, uh, very favorable towards Evil Twin and, uh, they, uh, and what, what his brothers, um, did, did something. <laughs> um, McKellar. Dick- McKellar. McKellar. Yes. Thank you. The, uh, everyone was screaming at yeah. us for two seconds. Well, there. we got it. We got <laughs> it. We got it pretty quick. Uh, Evil Twin for me is kind of, they go big or they go home. You know, so, like, they have, like, a 66% chance of, like, yes. And then there's as big as a 33% chance of, ooh, <laughs> poor little guy. Like, like they have some big misses, too. Oh, I mean, and, and people who swing for the fences, right? I mean, you're going to strike yeah, out. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Like, I, because it's two to, or, yeah, two to one good versus bad i'm still willing to give them tries but they do have their share of 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 whiffs mm-hmm. but uh you know like i i saw i was at a place like last week where they had even more jesus on tap which is one of their imperial stouts and and that that is oh they didn't it. have just more jesus more jesus i think they do make more jesus but this is oh. even more jesus <laughs> like okay come on. i think more jesus might be a stout and even more jesus is an imperial stout but don't quote me on that. Greg's trolling around their website right no, now. No, I'm, I'm oh, looking at news. The, the news, all the news that we forgot to talk about. <laughs> yes, news. Well, we can do news right now. Yeah, There's okay. no time limit. It's a podcast. That's true. Okay, so there are oh, well, a bunch of things that, that was posted here. First of all, there is there was a big thing against 10 Barrel. <laughs> An indie, a GoFundMe? A GoFundMe. So 10 Barrel is coming up on their 10th anniversary. And AB and Bev owns Ten Barrel, and they're working on this mm-hmm. big frat party festival thing. Some dude. If there's a... one thing that we like about AB and Bev, it's their ability, it's their willingness to spend money on on shit that doesn't matter, like us. So <laughs> maybe they'll send us to their new beer amusement park in Boston. Maybe. Uh, so some dude started a San Diego beer fan started to GoFundMe. He's trying to raise uh, $900 or anything beyond $900 will extend the flight time. But he wants to fly a plane with one of those banners behind it right. over the uh, 10 barrel. Which I should imagine happens all the freaking time in California. If you go out there, they're they're all over. <laughs> so he, he wants to fly over the block party in, with a sign that says 10 barrel is not craft beer. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, make all those people at the block party feel horrible about Yeah, because they're going to look at that and be like, oh, man, what am I doing with my life? Then you should go find this GoFundMe and, and donate to this dude's thing so he can fly a banner. Dumbest idea ever. Look, we, we drink, we've had Tim Barrow on the show. It's called <laughs> so, so, so your your Slack message back to me. Do you want to... <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, so when I saw that, I said the Budweiser 
ad was so effing right about these people and their peach ales. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, like that's your that's your concern. That's what you're going to spend money on is is plain to give like something say it's not craft beer in my eyes. It's like, I, is it a good beer? Going back to to uh, to lose ultimately, you know, Lou Bryson's ultimate uh, thing. Is mm-hmm. it a good beer in my glass? Then it's crafted, right? Yeah. So, just for people, let's we can go back a little bit further. We had this conversation with Lou Bryson. He's a he's a beer writer. Hopefully, you've heard of him. Uh, he's been doing it forever. We call I call him Uncle Lou. And. Um, we were having this conversation. You can listen to the episode we had with him. At... Not, not that one. I was a little too drunk for that one. It, I mean, it was it. It's one of those things where it's not a coherent show, but it sure was fun. Sure was. Uh, you know, conversation about craft beer, and this was eight, seven years ago. And he made a very salient point, which was: Is it about politics or is it about the beer? Mm-hmm. If it's about politics, then you can choose where your money goes. You want to support local. That's fine. That, But that's a political choice. Yes. And if it's about the beer, then, you know, double tie, double blind taste that stuff. You know, it's about the beer in the glass. Is, are they making a good beer? Is 10 Barrel making a good beer? We just did some 10 Barrel on the show recently. It was good. Yes, it was. We've had some Goose Island. It's really good. Excellent. You know. We've done Breckenridge. We've had yeah. some. We've had some Blue Point in Breckenridge. <laughs> <laughs> Not so good, but it's about the beer in the glass. It's so. There's that philosophy. I I still so. I'm the kind of guy. You had Elysian. It's Elysian, like fifty. Yeah. Elysian, like fifty fifty. Yeah. yeah, but then there's you know. How do you draw this into your personal belief system, you know? Because I do like to support local, things like that. But then I also think it's about the beer. So, like, it's I have more difficulty figuring out where I land on this thing. Well, we can talk about I... it in a little bit in the post show. But the right. politics brings up an issue where you're you're trying to to uh, push the perfect over the good, right? You, you're you're yeah. Really trying to go for something that that you know some, some shining star goal that doesn't exist, not recognizing the realities of the situation that's all around you. Right. Yeah, we'll come back to that in the post show. Yeah. Talk about our our what we choose to drink and why type thing. Uh, next thing I posted in our little like news thing. Um, and, and, and if you were listening last week, the post show was the main show for how long? <laughs> <laughs> I fixed it. <laughs> I, I just can't do the. I can't do my job. I'm the worst. <laughs> I am the worst. Greg didn't bitch at me, so that's something. I only found out recently when I started to listen to it. I was like, "What?" Got <laughs> <laughs> to redownload. I, I don't know how I made that mistake. I mean, I, I know how I didn't double check it, but I don't know how I actually made the mistake. Measure one, measure twice, cut once. I still haven't figured that out. Uh, okay, so interesting. Uh, Brian De-, De Roth. Uh, he found some slides from a 2013 AB 
InBev high-end presentation. And it feels like it's been a generation ago. Mm-hmm. And this is like, so this slide was uh, high-end priority brands. And so high-end is the guys that own Elysian, Bluepoint, right. Wicked it's, Weed, it's sort of their, Ten so Barrel. The high-end is like their sort of sub company that, does, that owns the craft beer. Yeah. Or crafty, whatever. They're, they're good beer brands. In 2013, number one, Stella Artois. Stella Artois Belgium, world's most sophisticated, quote, import brand beer. I think it's, it's parentheses. Person, parentheses, sorry. Uh, number two, Shock Top. Number three, Goose Island. Uh, Shock Top is accessible craft, uh-huh. and Goose Island is discovery craft. So for the discovery, discoverers, the adventurous people. I, I don't see why that why that's a, a problem in the sense that yeah, Shock Top is available everywhere. Stella Artois is probably available everywhere. Goose Island is probably isn't available everywhere. Mm-hmm. So But you know, so uh a little more commentary, Josh Noel from out of um Chicago. You know, in six years ABI went from a craft portfolio of Shock Top and Landshark to ten breweries in the cusp of the nation's top craft beer producer. And then a mere three years before that, they were still touting the merits of Blanchard Lager and releasing those Michelob craft beers, mm-hmm. which was our idea. By your way. idea, really. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of glommed onto it because I agree with you, but it was your idea. Um, and I, I think it was a good idea, but not executed properly. Mm-hmm. R- regardless, yeah, their, their strategy has changed. Um, as they've adapted to the market, and they're doing better. But I mean, hey, they're not the only player. That's the thing. Everyone, you know, rally, rally. You know, it's like, oh, AB. But you know, you got Heineken, you got Constellation, you got other people starting to get mm-hmm. into the in, into the understanding that this is going to well, be this. This is a part of. Well, since we're talking about um, investments and sales and things like that, the brewery. Patch Grew in the brewery just mm-hmm. announced uh, private equity investment with uh, C- Castanilla Partners. They need to grow. They need capital, so they you know gave up some ownership of the company. Not not majority ownership, but some ownership of the company. I don't think I didn't see in the article actual like details. Which I, I don't think but, you wouldn't because it's not a public yeah, company. Yeah, but. Yeah, they gave up some ownership in order to get the capital they need to 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 expand, which is what you need these days with their with five thousand breweries in the country. Right, you need to have a way to. But no one's yeah. wicked weed story in the brewery story. Is it that different? I mean, no. It, it's. Moving to the next level. Sure, uh, Patrick Grew is still the owner mm-hmm. of the brewery. The guys from Wicked Weed are not the owners of Wicked they're Weed. They're both success stories. It's just that they're taking different routes. Right. But they, they they got to the point where they need to expand. And in order to expand, you need the capital. And where that comes from, I mean, oh, oh it comes from somebody who was an enemy once. Well, I don't think ABI is an enemy to craft beer anymore because they're selling a lot of great craft there's beer. There's that, but then there's like Jester King's um, view of it, right? The anti-competitive stuff they do, the the 
they work in the legislature. Again, the, the, the last anti-competitive thing that, that I know of that people complain about was the hop thing, which yeah, I think that's a, that's iffy to call it anti-competitive. The stuff about shelf space, to me, is a, is a bogus idea yeah. because of the way in which shelf space is now being abused by things like... Um, uh, what's the one I see all the time around here? River, river boat or something? river town? <laughs> river town. I see all their stuff, and I'm like, I'm not getting that. That's all over the place. Tried the white lightning once. I I've, I was served it at Double Wide by accident, and I it's norm beer that I normally just pass by. Really good whip beer. And like I got it by accident, and I was like, huh, huh. That white lighting's pretty good. Okay. So try it and I gotta think that Have I ordered it since? No, because I'm an a hole. But the time that they accidentally served it to me, I was like, huh. Really I gotta good. think everyone or at least nowadays, everyone you have somebody they some brewery they know that they see all the time and they're like Yeah. Come on. Well, I mean like the number two beer is that pineapple beer. So yeah. like like that's part of me. I was like, Oh, if that's your flagship then Yeah. But no, the White Lightning is solid. What's the Magic Hat, right? Their flagship. I hate their flagship. Nine, I yeah. hate number nine. I really dislike it a lot. And that means that... I mean, I've had some Magic Hat beers that aren't bad, but that one... that one, It's it's a low hit rate for me. Yeah. You know, and there. I'll try it if the... If it's convenient and cheap and easy, but I won't seek it out. Um... Okay, so the Full Pint had an article about seven craft brewers that'll never sell out. (laughs) They'll never sell out. Like Elysian, right? So on this list, we got Allagash. We got Maui, New Glarus, Russian River, Sierra Nevada, Stone, Three Floyds. Okay, so Stone doesn't have any reason to sell out at this point. They have plenty of capital. Um, Allagash... I could kind of see it happen. Three Floyds. I well, Todd Todd from Allagash has been president of the Brewers Association, things like that. Okay. Uh, so he's he's died in the wool, you know, craft beer. Well, so, so was Tony McGee. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying no. I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> uh so the thing, like, Maui, right? Maui just won Small Business Person of the Year. They're, I think their slogan is, um, I love their slogan. I can't think of it right now. Um, their slogan is, Jeff Bear is great. I would like that. <laughs> I really would like that. No, I, it's uh, fierce, you fiercely it. local. Mm. And like, so they, you know, use uh, pineapples from... The island and, you know, all kinds of things like that. And he just won Small Business Person of the Year. And I was just posting to you in in Slack, like, you know, if you're a good business person, why would you never entertain an option? Right. Like, what if Budweiser said, I will buy you for a zillion dollars and cure cancer and cause world peace? And keep you local. Like, I'll give you everything you want. And you're going to be like, no, because... Eh? Well, but that is like... 
so unlikely. But well, you know, it just yeah, because I don't think AB can't AB Inbev has cured cancer yet. Right. But you know, it's just the idea of saying never sell out. That that's the thing. It's right, the yeah. articles. Yeah. It's just a fanboy piece for uh, fanboy people. I'm surprised that the most surprising. Okay, so what's the most surprising brewery on the list? Allagash, Maui, New Glarus, Russian River, Sierra Nevada, Stone, or Three Floyds? New Glarus. No. Go ahead. Go, go I, uh, I go, think... wait. Go over them again. New, uh, sorry, Allagash, Maui, New Glarus, Russian River, Sierra Nevada, Stone, or Three Floyds. Russian which, River. Which one of those is most likely to sell out? Russian River. Russian River. I'd go with Three Floyds. Maybe Sierra Nevada. Russian River because what are they known for? They're known for their stout. What? What the hell are you talking about? I don't think I have something different. Plenty of the older, you know what, Plenty I'm, the younger. You know what? I, yeah, okay, I, I was thinking of something else. I'm thinking of North... Con- North I'm thinking of Rasputin. North Coast. North I'm Coast. thinking North Coast, yeah. No, Russian River. Russian River. River. You've okay. been to Russian River. Yeah, okay, never mind. Not Russian River. Um, yeah, Sierra Nevada, possibly, and Three Floyds. I mean, Three Floyds was... I, I talked to you about mm-hmm. how I thought Three Floyds was, was going to be one of the things that, that people are going to find. Oh, they, they, they sold out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Russian River is known for their stout. I I had Rasputin in my head. Right, right. Yeah. It has an R in it. You guys understand. Okay. I'm gonna, should, we, should we go on to ranking? Yeah, to I'm going to skip, skip that. Oh, no. One thing we can't skip is Peter Buchert. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. So, uh, New Belgium's Peter Buchert has a new project. He is transitioning out of the... Master, head brewer, master brewer at New Belgium Brewing Company. And you know what that tells me? Peter, that, that New Belgium might sell out at some point. With Peter Brookhart out of the picture. I don't know if he had that much juice. I, so in here, there's a quote from um, Kim Jordan. She's like, uh, creative people like new challenges. Yep. And we wish them well. Yep. Uh, Peter was, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you can call him as a friend, but he was certainly an acquaintance of ours that, that we appreciated. Mm-hmm. And um, we... Uh, He's starting a place called Purpose Brewing and Cellars. And it's uh, kind of the guys from 1933 Brewing and him rebranding 1933 Purpose Brewing. I'm definitely interested in trying their stuff. P- Peter had, a, had an influence on in how I think both of us looked at beer. Oh, he, he's... He's fantastic. Yeah. Did you see my tweet back to that? I'm like I no. said, I wonder what kind, what style of beer they'll make. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Yeah, because yeah. he's religious, like against the styles. Yeah, yeah. He hates mm-hmm. the idea of styles. Now, I think that I, I think that both of us probably disagree with him on that point, but we also agree with his motivation. And so it's weirdly mm-hmm. like we, I think, appreciate. Depends styles where you define style, right? If it's judged categories in a beer competition like the GABF, then I think you and I are like he's right. Yes, but you and I are like as mile markers. They're they're yes. kind of they're necessary to explain to people what you're talking about, right? All right. Well, I'll leave the other articles go. They fell off the bottom of the plate. Let's get on to ranking. All right. Uh, 
Jeff, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? If you have, uh, if you have an idea of what you want, then you shall go. Okay, so. Hi. Okay. Greg is spilling us water. Not slightly. Just a tiny bit. (sighs) All right. Uh, Just because it really didn't. I mean, it was it was fine. It just didn't do a whole lot for me. I got to put the flying dog in last place. Uh, I mean, it would. It just. I mean, it was a pepper beer that 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 was was there, and um, wasn't bad, and didn't stick with you. But I just think the other beers, you know, just had more stuff going on that was better. So I'm just going to put that in in last place. Hmm. There is there is a lot of interesting stuff here. My personal objections to the Hoptronics probably put it in fifth place. And I'd say objections in a very loose sense because I enjoyed it. And I, you know, I, I drank uh, four of the six pack I have one at home and I brought one in. So it's not like I'm like against the beer. Uh, I enjoyed it. But I, I felt like there were better uses of Mosaic out there. Uh, one of the better uses is going to be in third place, but in fourth place, I'm going to put the Distills Wild Sour. I think it was good, um, uh, but you know, the other beers are better. The other beers just just uh, hit me better, and uh, I think it, it is more as long as the cheesier side of the goza of the gozas in my sense. But uh, I still think it's good. Is is the Rheingeist in third in third place or is it in second place? I'm gonna put it in second place. So I'm gonna put a Barton City in third place, the sideway, which I think was really well done for just a sort of standard old pale ale. Uh, had a lot of quality to it, a lot of good taste to it. Very, I mean, relatively simple beer in terms of what it's made of, but uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and I think it's a nice drinker. The the Rheingeist then goes in second place uh, with uh, the mosaic that I really enjoyed, but that Evil Twin, I I like that a lot. I don't know. Uh, The the extra floaty bits of of hop, maybe, (laughs) made me kind of kick it on. Uh, I just liked it. I really liked it a lot. All right. So I'm still trying to figure out my order. I was filling them in. I'm like, oh, I got this. And I'm like, oh, no, it gets really hard. <laughs> I'm going to put the flying dog in last place, just like Greg. Um, it was, it's a hard luck loser, right? There was yeah. good things in that beer. The things I liked in that beer is the pepper flavor that came through. I think that was really well done. That Serrano, the Shishito uh, pepper flavor had a really good fleshy component to it. And the sake yeast mm-hmm. that they use gives it a really that kind of sweet upturn at the end that rosy note I think the rice like, you know the the way the yeast interacts with the rice mm-hmm. sugars yeah. That too. yeah it had this sake upturn at the end so that hard luck for me and then in second to last place what did I write down over there uh, evil twin actually evil twin that's right yeah the, the evil twin for me it's it's a fine beer, but nothing really excited me about this beer. I brings on the hops; they're kind of generation two ish to me. 
their great... galaxy in there, man. You're There's... disagreeing, but you know, to me, it came across as Generation Two ish. Um, like I said, it's a fine beer. It's the other beers I thought all were ahead of that were more interesting. So I got four left, and I'm gonna put the uh, the Rheingeist in the next place. Uh, I liked the beer. I, I what I liked about that beer was the the mango flavor up front. Um, from the first sip, you kind of got two sides of mango squished into the same thing. You could get the texture of the like underripe, more gritty, grainy mango, but then you got the super sweet, saturated flavor of the extra ripe, gushy, gooey mango. Gushy. Uh, you know, the reason I kind of put down in the end is, is for me personally, I, I like the beer, but the middle third of the taste was a little bit scattered around. I couldn't quite bring it into something cohesive. It was a bunch of different things, and it wasn't quite as refined as mm-hmm. I thought some of the other beers were. In... And then I'm looking at the three remaining beers. I'm like, which one's my favorite? Because I would put all these in like third place. Um, (laughs) It's really hard. They're like virtual tie for the top three. Um, I'm going to put the sideway for Martin City in third place. Like I said, they're, they're all neck and neck. Um... I want to remind you that we we give ourselves. I'm just going to talk about what I like about. No, no, no. But I'm just saying. I want to tell everybody we give ourselves one one opportunity per year to flake out of the rankings and not do it. I'm not that. We haven't done it in like several years. I'm not that conflicted. It's just like I these three beers. Like it's hard to pick a favorite. It's hard to pick a least favorite. These three beers uh, all did it for me. I'm going to say the Martin City's in third place. I really liked the malt flavor, the malt character that came through on this beer. It drove the beer, and then the hops were playing the you know the second harmony on mm-hmm. it. But the um, and they weren't a slouch, but the malts really drove that one home. I'm gonna put the New Holland in second place. The Hoptronics, the. I feel like the like how oh, I feel bad like like I'm gonna say the first place beer is the distill, but like oh it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. It was like these three are all my favorite, you know. So I'm like having such a hard time. Uh, the Hoptronics and I think I'm gonna have to pick. It's like certain aspects I liked better, but then the overall beer is practically equal. So I'm just kind of slicing it at a certain angle and coming up with a favorite. Hoptronics. This is the mosaic beer that was not very mangoey at all. Um, but it had this candied hop thing. It tasted a little more traditional with, you know, more kind of a pine and dank type character to it. And But I loved the candied flavor on the Hoptronics. And in first place, I'm picking the Wild Sour uh, Blueberry Goza from Distill. And the reason it lands is because I thought that the tartness from the kettle souring 
and the tartness from the berries were very well integrated. I could not pick where one stopped and the other began. I, I thought that was a masterful use of the two different sours. The um, berry flavor was not straight up blueberry. Uh, I was getting big strawberry flavors on it. Mm-hmm. I was getting a little bit of blackberry in there as well. Um, the saltiness was was in line. I, it's funny how I smelled the salt more than I tasted it. Uh, if you're tasting salt, then it's too much salt. Yes. And so I was, what was I smelling? You don't smell NaCl. You don't smell sodium chloride. You smell things in the process. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was a little bit of a, a sea surf type thing going on there. Or something like that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not regretting my decision. You know, that was a good beer. It was a real good beer. Top three beers were awesome. All right, that ends the show for this week for episode four hundred twenty-three. We hope you have enjoyed this, and uh, do you have more Chris Cornell R.I.P.? I, I do, I do. Uh, you know, I wasn't the biggest Soundgarden fan in the world, but uh, it was one of my you know top you know five bands in high school and whatnot so i'm real and his solo stuff is great i'm really i saw the la times said that uh, a generation lost to robert plant and i i'm conflicted on that because i'm a huge zeppelin fan too uh, they're not wrong but that that that's a big boast right there it's hard for me to say that Chris Cornell is Robert Plant but uh, or that a generation yeah like really I mean did, did I don't know that Soundgarden was that that influential no they definitely weren't as influential as Zeppelin if you followed what Chris Cornell had been through Audio Slave uh, and Star, and it's, it's Keanu Reeves what is the what's the one they did? I'm going hungry. That's Pearl Jam. That has nothing to do with. No, I thought there was like a combination. Wasn't oh, there was Mother Love Bone, which was a collaboration thing they did. But I've is that the hungry? Is that that's Mother Love Bone? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So he was there with Eddie Vedder. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a, that was like a get together when Andy Wood died. I think it was so long ago, <laughs> early '90s at that point. Yikes. Um, anyway, Craft Beer Radio is released on a Creative Commons license, except for what Chris Cornell is singing. Uh, visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Mostly everything, yeah. except for our voices. Uh, if you want to email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Bear. Yep, you are. You are at CBR Greg and oh, that's right. at yeah. Craft Beer Radio for kind of the, the show account. Everyone, we, I really do appreciate that you guys listen to us. It, it's awesome that we've been doing this for so long. I'm kind of iffy on you guys. <laughs> Yins, guys? <laughs> like, I really appreciate it, but Greg, eh, not so much. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> uh, but thanks for listening. Of course keep- I appreciate you guys. You guys are the reason why we keep doing it, in addition to the fact that we enjoy it. But, like, if I don't think we would have kept up doing it for so long if, if people didn't tell us how much they enjoy it. Absolutely. We'll talk at you again next time, real soon.